listening to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale. Welcome to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale, the weekly radio talk show where we unwrap and reveal the secrets that successful people use, and you can too. Available at successunwrappedradio.com. My very special guest this week is Dr. Joe Rubino, widely acknowledged as one of North America's foremost success and productivity coaches. He's the CEO of the Center for Personal Reinvention, an organization that provides coaching as well as productivity and leadership development courses that encourage people to maximize their personal power and effectiveness. Joe is also the author of numerous books, including The Power to Succeed, 30 Principles for Maximizing Your Personal Effectiveness, The Magic Lantern, a fable about leadership, personal excellence, and empowerment, and the self-esteem book, the ultimate guide to boosting the most important ingredient for success and happiness in life, as well as the creator of the multimedia resource, Success Factor One. Joe, thanks for being here to help us unwrap the power of self-esteem and effectiveness on Success Unwrapped. It's my pleasure, Heather. Thanks for having me. How exactly did you originally become interested in personal development and the power of self-esteem? Well, Heather, back in 1991, I was a dentist, and I was practicing full-time with a very successful practice from the perspective of society. But I, I felt trapped. I felt like I was playing small, and I felt like there was something more out there, but I really wasn't quite sure what it was going to be. So I entered into the realm of personal development. I discovered what was most important to me with respect to my values. I discovered what my life purpose was. And, and really stepped into a whole new possibility of reinventing myself with respect to honoring those things that were most important to me and, and, and playing large as opposed to being resigned that all I knew how to do was dentistry. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, uh, it was a slow process. Uh, first, a, a whole year-long course, uh, followed by another eight more years of personal development work. And as I peeled the layers of the onion, so to speak, I discovered what was most important to me, and uh, making life work optimally for people was one of those things that gave me great pleasure, that really gave me passion and the ability to inspire people to be their best. And so self-esteem being really number one on top of that list of prerequisites for people to really step into their power. I actually hear similar stories a lot where people achieve success according to society's standards and everyone says, oh, you've done so great, you've got this wonderful job. And quite often it's not fulfilling and that person ends up giving up the job that everyone thinks they should have kept and going on to do something that fulfills them more. Now, if someone listening is in that position where they might have achieved what people around them are saying is success, but they just don't feel it's what they're meant to do, what should they do about that? Well, the first thing that they should do is to get clarity on what their most important values are. Because when our values aren't being honored, Heather, what happens is we become resigned. We become kind of in a low-grade depression almost, where we don't really know what we need to do to break out of it, but we're in the same old, same old routine. So when we can identify what's most important to us, and when we can identify what really gives us pleasure and the ability to inspire us and have us feel as though we're fulfilled with work that's meaningful for us, then we we can step into discovering what our gifts are. We can discover what our life purpose is. 
that we can declare for ourselves as something that will motivate us to move forward. And really, it's just one step at a time where uh, it's, it's revelational in the fact that the more you discover about yourself and what's important to you and about where your uh, gifts lie, the more you can uncover what it's going to be needed to step into that possibility and actually manifest those things that are just kind of a vague idea at first. What would be the process of clarifying those values? Because it really seems like a big job when you just say it like that. Well, we all have different values, both imposed values, which are the shoulds, which run our lives. You know, I should be a good student, and I should be a good father or a good husband. I should keep my home neat or keep my yard manicured. Uh, I should eat all the food on my plate. You know, we all have those shoulds, and those are imposed obligatory type values that maybe we inherited some of those from our parents or we just decided that these are things that society expects of us. And then there's a whole other list of values that are core values, and these are really the thread that make up who we are at our soul. And when we discover those values, and there's a list of maybe about 40 to 50 key values that usually I use to show people Uh, examples of values and to allow them to identify what the top five are for them. So things like happiness, creativity, contribution, freedom, love, adventure, uh, those are just a few different examples where when we get in touch with those things that are most important to us, the honoring of one of those values provides for another. So for example, for me, security has always been a value. But One of the challenges that I had was I had a million-dollar dental practice that provided me with security, but it also provided me with uh, a lack of adventure, a lack of personal freedom, a lack of being able to inspire people with what was to be discovered as some of my gifts, writing, speaking, uh, coaching, uh, challenging people to be their best. And so when I discovered that, for me, being an inspiration was a more important value than security, and being an inspiration gave me fulfillment and gave me the ability to uh, enhance my self-esteem by supporting others to enhance their self-esteem. In other words, I felt as though I was really contributing to people's lives. I was able to realize that I could create security by having confidence that I would be able to offer value in this new uh, endeavor to people as opposed to just doing what I had always done, which Really, although it was a very valuable profession, it just it, it, it got old at a point and it never and it no longer really served my needs. How do we actually narrow down that list? Because I can imagine that a lot of people would look at a list of 40 to 50 values and say, yeah, you know, I, I value all of those or I value, you know, 30 of them or 20 of them. But obviously that's too many. So how would we narrow that down to find out what are the really most important ones to us? Well, what I usually have people do is I have them identify their top five to 10 that they can, if they ask themselves this question, what value could I not live without? Mm-hmm. You know, would it be joy or happiness or contribution or family? or communication, or would it be adventure, or what values, if you had to choose between one or the other, which one would you, would you pick if you could only pick one? And when you can compare value against value with that question, 
you can typically identify those that are most important. And, you know, it's, it's not the sort of thing where it's an either-or, where you have to just choose a couple. But you can really look to manifest all of your values, and the first thing to do is just to prioritize which ones are most important, and then to ask yourself the question, is my life going in the direction that I'm truly living these values and honoring these values? Or if not, what's missing that it put into place would help me to live more authentically, more in alignment with those things that are most important to me? Okay. And then once we've decided what our core values are, how do we go on to determine our gifts and our purpose in life? Well, our gifts are those things that we're known for, that, that either we're extraordinary at or they give us an extraordinary amount of joy to pursue, or people recognize us for these qualities. And they can be as simple as being fun or allowing others to laugh. They could be uh, the ability to, to love and to share love. They don't have to be something really grandiose. And most of the time, people, when they get in, in touch with their gifts, those things that are actually uh, that revolutionary about them, that magnificent about them, that they can share with others in a way where they contribute something to others, then that really leads to their life purpose. And the question that I like to ask people with respect to their life purpose is, if you could do something with your life, with a magic wand, where you'd wave it over your life and you could do anything you want for the next 300 years that would provide you with great satisfaction, it would make you happy, it would allow you to contribute your gifts and, and honor your values, it would allow you to actually go out in the world and to do something that you would love to do so that you couldn't wait to get up every morning for the next 300 years and to live this life purpose. Uh, and I should add, too, Heather, that when people say, well, I don't know what that is, we get to declare it. We get to make it up. We get to decide what that is, and then we get to step into that life purpose as a possibility that we manifest because we say so. <laughs> you mentioned a lot contributing to others and sharing with others. How important is that in the grand scheme of things? Well, it's critical because, you know, any life that is totally self-absorbed or just about us inspires no one. So one of the things that we can do is we can create a vision that not only honors our lives and, and honors our values, but also a vision of how we can contribute who we are, the essence of what makes us a unique and special and wonderful individual to the world and to others. And when we get in touch with what that gift is, when we get in touch with how we can contribute that essence of inspiration or contribution or love or happiness or whatever that is that we're contributing to other people. We all have different gifts, and by contributing to others, not only does it give us a game to play that we can, we can never fulfill. You know, if, if we're self-absorbed and it's only about us and it's only about making money or it's only about advancing in title or achieving recognition or whatever, after a while, uh, it gets old and it gets to the point where, you know, is this all there is in life? And so by having contribution as a, a part of one's vision, it, it never gets old because there's always people that can be inspired by us, always people we can contribute to, always people that we can, can somehow champion 
And I love that word because when we can champion another person to be great or to step into a possibility for themselves that maybe they hadn't seen before, we now have the ability to, uh, to really change the world by shifting people one at a time. Now, what if following that vision and aspiring to become great requires a major life change, like a move, a divorce, quitting that cushy job like we talked about? Obviously, fear is going to kick in because people don't want to necessarily make a big change like that on the surface, even though deep down they might. So how would they overcome that fear and go ahead with it? Well, the fear is typically... uh sourced in one of two, two areas. It's either uh, out of a predominant emotional response that some of us are run by. And let me explain a little bit more of what I mean by that. We all, we all are, are uh, activated, so to speak, by one of three primary emotions. The first is anger, and most people have this one, where something happens and they react angrily. But for many people, that anger very quickly goes to fear or to sadness. And that happens in times of upset. It happens in times of uh, communication challenges. It happens in times of uh, relationship struggles. It happens in any upsetting situation in life. So the first question I would ask someone is, uh, is fear your predominant emotion? Because for those people that have fear as a predominant emotion, where fear runs their lives, in other words, they find themselves afraid of a lot of different things, uh, what that fear has allow them to do is to keep them safe. It, it allows them to play small. It allows them to protect themselves. And so it has a lot of value in keeping the person from danger or from harm. Now, for those people that recognize that fear is a predominant emotion for them, then what they have to do is they have to gain clarity about what it is that they're out to avoid, what it is that they're afraid of, and where courage would be necessary to move forward with bold action that's in the direction of their fear. Now, I'm not telling people, Heather, that they should be reckless or uh, foolish in the things that they do, but oftentimes the fears are very much unfounded. The fears just keep us stuck and keep us small, and they keep us from really stepping into that possibility that we all can step higher, we all can be greater than we currently are if we step into our magnificence and, and decide to do it on purpose. So that's one aspect of the fear. The other aspect of the fear comes from uncertainty. It comes from this lack of self-esteem, and it comes from having an expectation that the future is not going to be as good as the past or the present. And so we have self-motivation that's generated when we expect our future to be better than our current state of affairs. So when we have that expectation that we're going to be successful, that we're going to find love, that we're going to be uh, rewarded for our efforts. We're just in action. We move our lives forward. There's really no stopping us. When we have the expectation that we're, that life is, is a struggle, that our future is going to be a challenge, that we're going to fail, that we're going to lose, then we have that negative expectation keeping us from moving forward in such a way that uh, either we take no action or we take actions that sabotage our success. And then the third type of thermostat that uh, runs us is apathy. And that's when we expect the future to be pretty much the same as our past and our present state, and we expect to go on more or less of an even keel. And so if we allow apathy or uh, the, a negative expectation to run our lives, 
what that does is it keeps us from expanding outside of our comfort zone, and it keeps us from really stepping into our personal power and our magnificence. So for those people that find themselves paralyzed by fear, one question that I would ask them is, what are you afraid of? And another is, what is it costing you not to take action in the direction of your fear? In, in other words, to break up the fear and to actually get in touch with what your resignation or your apathy or your stagnation is costing in terms of your health, your happiness, your relationships, your life possibility, your income, you know, any of the things that are important to us. So it costs us not to take action, and quite often it also costs us something else to take action. Is it always no pain, no gain, or that we have to sacrifice to move forward? Well, it's not always no pain, no gain, but, you know, we are magnificent human beings. We, we all have this huge untapped potential that most of us don't realize. And so the pain is an interpretation, Heather. It's, the pain is, for most people or for many people, it's dealing with the unknown. It's dealing with change. It's dealing with taking risks to expand what's comfortable and convenient and to go into an area that we haven't been before. Hmm. And so we can interpret that as pain, or we can interpret that as excitement. You know, the body physically produces adrenaline in response to both of those happenings. And we get to decide if it's an exciting possibility for us to step into, and if we're going to expect to be successful at it, or we get to decide if it's going to be painful, if it's going to be a struggle, if if we're going to fail. And oftentimes, if we can get in touch with what's running us, and what I mean by that is, what can't we be with? Is it failure? Is it uh, not having security? Is it lacking love? Is it, you know, not having wealth? What is it that keeps us stuck? And when we get to realize that we made that up, we, we all cause our world to manifest consistent with our thoughts. And when we get in touch with how we're thinking that's keeping us stuck, we have the ability to flip the light switch and to move forward powerfully with velocity in the direction that we were uh, previously kept, you know, from advancing. Hmm. It seems sometimes that not only do people get comfortable in their comfort zone, which of course would be expected, but it's almost like sometimes we get addicted to negative emotions. So we get addicted to the pain, we get addicted to anger, sadness, depression. Why does that happen? Well, going back to what I mentioned a few moments ago about our predominant moods or emotions, by being angry or sad or afraid, one of these predominant emotions we all have, and they have different flavors to them, but let's say that it's depression or it's sadness that rules our lives, or it could be anger where everything tr- triggers us. I mean, someone cuts us off and, you know, we're ready to kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things in our lives go wrong, and, and it just we just react. What all that does is it keeps, it keeps a whole system of relating in place. It keeps us protected from some things that we can't be with. And what it does really is it causes us to stay stuck in a realm where uh, perhaps we use anger to keep people away, to protect ourselves from being dominated or being controlled by others. Or maybe we use the anger to dominate others because, you know, we're into power and we're into being right. Uh, 
maybe the sadness is in place to keep us from expanding, as we mentioned, beyond that comfort zone. So what it does is it allows us to feel sorry for ourselves. You know, we can take pity for ourselves and we can beat ourselves up for not taking action or we could think that we're not worthy of it or maybe we could uh, think that we're not good enough uh, to attract those things in life that we, we would have liked to have, but, you know, we just make up all of these reasons why we can't move forward. And so one of the things that we can do is we can get in touch with how we made up those interpretations around things that make us angry or make us sad or make us afraid. And when we can reinterpret our lives, when we can give new meaning to those things that happen to us in a way that we create a different meaning, we, we reframe things in such a way that they no longer make us sad, but we now allow uh, our lives to be opportunities for us to grow and to expand based upon the new meanings that we give our communication with others, the new meanings that we give situations in life that happen uh, to us or that we're involved with. And all of these things we can now see as a, a new way to break up who we thought we were and all of the evidence that we've used over the past 10, 20, 30, 50, 70 years, some of us, to keep us stuck and small and in that resignation that has us make excuses for not being the powerful, wonderful people that we are inside. You can get Dr. Joe Rubino's Success Factor One system at successunwrapped.com forward slash successfactor1. That's successunwrapped.com forward slash successfactor1, the numeral one. And I hope you've enjoyed the first segment of our interview. But it's not over. There's a full 200% more than what you just heard where we delve deeper into these success principles. To unwrap the full interview and get lots more tools for success, just sign up to become a Success Unwrapped member on any level you choose at successunwrapped.com slash members. This has been Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of Success Unwrapped, helping you to unwrap and discover your own potential for success. Until next time, keep unwrapping. I'm Heather Vale. This podcast is part of the Blueberry Network at Blueberry.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com.